All right. Hey, just wanted to welcome everybody for tuning in to the Face Off Spot. This is your host, Adam Larson. This is our first episode with Corby and Tropic uh, coming in. Corby, thanks for coming in, man. No problem. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, hey, so when I kind of had this whole idea to start a podcast, uh, yeah, pretty much I knew right away it was going to be about hockey. And then after I got past that, I was like, well, who am I going to have on for my uh, my first guest? And in all honesty, it was it was you right away. Um, one of the reasons I'm trying to start this podcast is to bring people in from uh, not just the hockey world. There's plenty of people to play hockey. I want people in here that are well-versed in all of the things, whether it be rinks or equipment or I don't care if you're, you know, uh, pouring Pepsi's out of a concession stand. As long as you've worked at a rink, I'm down to talk to you. So obviously, I feel very, very lucky to have you in here today. Um, you know, obviously, with your experience, that so we'll get in here to, uh, a little bit later. But first of all, I just want to check in, make sure, you know, fam's doing okay. I know all this COVID stuff's kind of crazy. Yeah, uh, doing fine. Um, my wife's pregnant. So congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So we're trying to keep her uh, DL. Like, yeah, trying to keep her out happy. Of the mess yeah, yeah. Out of the mess. And, uh, you know, we don't really know what to expect here. Um, fortunately for us here, it's not as bad as it has been yeah. in the north. But um, fingers crossed, nothing. Yeah, nothing yeah. makes its way down south. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm sure you're not the biggest priority in your household right now. I'm sure that you know having the uh, having the wife, keeping her happy, making sure the kids uh, healthy and safe is uh, the most important. But you know, there's uh, it's just kind of a crazy time. In all honesty, you know, I know that uh, obviously we're involved in the in the hockey world, but you know, just everybody right now is really, really having, you know, their, their challenges. So it's really, you know, uh, just anybody that's doing well or anybody that's, that's able to make it right now, uh, you know, nothing but good luck to them. Uh, so it's kind of strange, you know, at the, cause we're getting ready to open up the star center. We're opening up on the 18th and just the amount of cleaning and everything that we've had to do is just, it, it's something I've never been a part of before. Uh, you know, we have this new 500 D cleaner that's supposed to, uh, you know, cut off bacteria for 90 days. I mean, it's just kind of a crazy world that, that we're living in now. But, you know, it's everybody's going to have to make adjustments. So, you know, it's just one of those things to where, you know, life might be a little bit different in the next six months, year. Yeah. Um, with everything uh, NHL-wise, too, I, I think they're going to have to get new gear. Uh, glove, like, think about everything that's... So they, were, so they were talking about that. I mean, there's a couple things. I mean... So one of the things they were talking about, and this, uh, for some reason, I feel like would be the hardest, is these guys wearing full masks. And when we say full mask, we mean a full plastic clear shield, you know, to kind of negate some of that, what do you want to call it, viral load that you might, you know, have on someone. Other thing, no fighting, no scrums after the whistle, you know. Um, and I'm sure everybody's really ready for the NHL get to – uh, starting back up again, but it's, it's going to change. It's going to be different. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, it's just, it, it's going to be really, really different. It's gonna be interesting to see how it goes. I, I just feel that's impossible with all the yeah. spitting and, uh, you know, just on the ice or whatever. Yeah. Right? Oh, I and know, then yeah. You got gloves. You're constantly wiping your face yep. from sweat. There's no way you can get your hand in there with the yep. full shield. Um, I mean, they do it in college, but yep. this is pros. This is what you're yeah, aspiring but, to get to, it, I I yeah. can't see it. There's there's glove, you know, palm washes. 
there's uh how are you gonna do anything now yeah it's gonna be tricky i mean even if you look in i mean i don't know if you've ever played with a full shield i didn't really like it that much i mean obviously if people have to make those changes they can but you know i see a lot of guys in college they're wearing cages uh which obviously is not going to help you from a from a viral load um, especially if you're getting close i could see them cutting out the you know after the play scrums because a lot of that is just kind of posturing I could see that, but man, there's there there's going to be some some certain changes for sure. Yeah, all all over the game, um, probably. I can't <laughs> I can't imagine the trainer's job now. Oh, um, it's going to be uh, ten times. I mean, there's going to be because at some point one of these players is going to get it, and it's one of those questions that keeps being asked. But you wonder, like, well, what are they going to do now? There's a player that has COVID. I mean, the idea is to you know. Uh, separate that guy from the rest of the team. But at the end of the day, if, you, if you're starting an entire league, what, a NHL, was it 23 players on the roster? Yeah, but then they're always going to, yeah, they're always going to have one or two extra as well. Yeah. Uh, well, and, and, well, and that brings up another thing. I mean, the AHL is canceled. So they're probably going to have to bring up seven to 10 of those guys yeah. just as a taxi squad. But um, the NHL does a really good job with the way they wash equipment. Um, they have industrial machines. Um, there's also a, a machine called the Sandy Sport that every team now has, and uh, it it provides like a mist uh, at the end of the night when the trainer leaves. You can't be in there; you'll die. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, that strong. Yeah, they they turn it on all the chemicals. It kills everything. You walk in the next morning; it smells like copper in there, and yeah. you know everything's dead. Uh, but I know that these are mandatory now yeah. for all teams. Um, I know football teams use them on the regular. Uh, basketball teams use them, but. They are, they're yeah. lifesavers, but again, <laughs> how are you going <laughs> to implement? Yes. Yeah. And you can't, unless you watch these guys, what they're doing 20%. and they're off time. Yeah. Like, like all know. right. Yeah. It's not like, Hey, we're going to keep you in this hotel. It's just going to be your guys. You're not going to see your girls. We're not, not going to go see your kid. Like, it's just, you know, when you really start to think about it, I mean, I know sometimes it wants to be rainbows butterflies all that but at the end of the day there's going to be players that get it there's going to be fan favorites that get it that are going to be out you know um it's going to be a thing that we as fans and as appreciators of the game like we're just going to have to kind of understand i mean i could kind of understand the ahl not kind of wanting to do that whole risk reward thing but at the end of the day i mean gary bettman's already come out he said that i mean there's no chance that they're canceling you gotta assume that uh i mean i understand that he's wanting to try and keep things afloat but I, th I think he means it when he says it. The only possible way, in my opinion, that that's going to work is if they put him in like a really boring city. Like <laughs> these guys like to go out. Yep. They like to have a good time. Yep. That's the whole reason half of them play the game, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, a lot of the Europeans too, they don't they do not do the same things as yep. North Americans. So maybe they are going to play more video games. You know, <laughs> remember yeah, what yeah, like yeah. you look at Winnipeg and they're, they're, they're grounding players yeah, technically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lanya uh, from, is like one of the best uh, NHL 20 player, you know, video and, game players in the world, whatever. Oh, they all play Fortnite or COD yeah, yeah, yeah. or NHL. And now, like, now they're going to have to. Yeah, yeah, they're going to yeah. have to get good at it. It's funny you brought that up. <clears throat> you know, it was probably a couple weeks in this whole pandemic thing. I hadn't bought a, a game console since the original <laughs> Xbox, which was, I don't know, it was 2006, 7 whatever it was and i was like you know what uh you know i think that uh, these video games have probably come around they're probably a little bit better so yeah i went ahead and obviously the first game i picked up was nhl 20 and uh, needless to say i probably put in a few more hours a day than i probably should um it was <laughs> funny just last week you know I'm, I'm on for my first time ever and you know i think i'm playing pretty well because i understand the positioning of hockey 
Yeah, but then all of a sudden, one of my teammates messaged me, which I didn't even know that was a thing. He goes, have you ever played a day of hockey in your entire life? And at that point, you know, I, I just proceeded, I guess, get into an argument with some kid that I don't <laughs> even know, you know, whatever. So in, in some ways, I understand the uh, NHL 20 is a little competitive. Stars just actually had a tournament of some sort. I don't know if you heard about that, but, you know, it's, uh, you know, $5, $10 entry fee, something like that. But uh, uh, the world of Chell is getting certainly bigger. When you have Ovechkin and Gretzky playing against each other, I guess that's when you realize the... Uh, the world's getting a little bit bigger. Although I have a conspiracy that Gretzky was not playing. Uh, I don't think he, he was. He was not playing. If he was, he was using buttons. He wasn't using skill sticks. There's no way. <laughs> so if you looked uh, to his left during that video, it really looked like that was his son. And if you've ever watched anybody play video games, Wayne Gretzky was not playing video games at that point. Granted, it was great for the game. I think it... Uh, it was a fundraiser of some sort, you know, it was, it was a good deal all the way around. But at the end of the day, uh, I don't think 99's putting up uh, NHL 20 numbers against uh, uh, number eight there. I don't think that's happening. No, he's still playing uh, Super Nintendo, the Gretzky 99. <laughs> no, he's, playing he's playing his, his own, own game. game. He's playing yeah, his he's own not, games. Why wouldn't to, you? He's just like he Jordan. He's still getting royalties on that, I'm sure. Yeah, kind of like uh, NBA Jam when everybody's looking to play with Jordan. He's like, no, nah, they, they he took didn't make out. it. Yeah, <laughs> Jordan's out. He, he decided he's too big for this. He's going to put out his own game. Uh, kind of like Shaquille O'Neal, he had his own, I don't know if you remember, he had his own arcade game where he was some sort of fighting platform game. Shaq Fu. Like, yeah, that's, yeah, that's exactly, yeah. that's exactly I, I what it, it was. Hey, yeah. It's got quarters for me. Yeah, that's, that's, but, part, that's part of the reason I had Jan Corby. We're about the same age and, you know, we, uh, we can relate on all, all these uh, old things here, which is good. Um, but no, it, it, it's been really, uh, it's been fun also to watch some of these other guys, you know, play NHL. It's like when you take everything away from somebody and then give them anything back, they're really looking forward to it. So no hockey, no professional sports. All of a sudden you come up with, uh, I think it was Johns and maybe Alexiak. Uh, they played NHL against each other last week, and they had, what, tens of thousands of people watching that. Yeah, well, I mean, people are just ready to get back to watching some sort of competition. My buddy even started doing a marble racing. He's like, we got four marble, marbles. They're different sizes, different colors. Who you are, you know, it's the, so people, there's just something about human beings and them. They just want to watch something lose, you know? Yeah, John's had a few couple a couple years actually to play video games. Yeah, well, <laughs> since yeah, he hasn't been playing <laughs> hockey much. Yeah, uh, probably had poor turn, guy, but tr- turn the brightness down a little bit. Yeah, but um, yeah, I, I we were just at the bar uh, that it just opened, uh, I guess. Jake, yeah, um, yeah, we were just there and we saw them playing uh, frisbee football or I don't ultimate even frisbee. Yeah. yeah, they have ultimate. Yeah, the funny part is, you know, the bar's just open. If, if you ever go down. You're just kind of looking up at the TVs. Oh, this is the game that's going on right now. Oh, nope, that's the uh, championship from 10 years ago. But you know, Oh, you, okay, my bad. <laughs> well, yeah, no, 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 not, not, not on the ultimate Frisbee front. <laughs> okay. Just, you know, uh, on average, what you're seeing up there is like, oh, it's from, you know, 10 years ago. That's, the the Ocho is definitely the, Oh, yeah, that's real a real, now. that is a real <laughs> yes. thing. You know, if, yes. if I was ever going to invest in anything, it would be the, uh, you know, fictional Ocho and probably be, I don't know, cleaning materials, you know, or whoever owns these. You got to assume these companies. Companies that are putting out antibacterial whatever you know yeah yeah that's gonna that's gonna be huge too um uh there's a company that i was working with uh cap capped odor mm-hmm. and they do um they do all like the hospital grade i mean you can buy it anywhere now for your hockey gear yeah. uh but it's actually i i can't i can't imagine what's gonna happen here in the next well so i mean you know i think the thing is, is that there's been so many people inside that nobody knows what's going to happen. 
you know, we haven't even started to, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of opening things up and everybody's planning on returning to normal, but you know, with the amount of everything that's happened in the past two months, what is normal? Nobody knows. It's kind of like, you know, you're staying inside, you know, nobody quite knows. And I, I think that's why some people are just wanting to return to some sort of normality. And I think that's why people need sports or, you know, not to, you know, I know I'm a little biased, but just hockey in general. There's just been such a lag of like, well, I used to keep up with this, that. There's there, there's something to it. I do think that it's it's just in human nature. I check my phone every day for fantasy hockey. Yeah. I still do it to this day. And I'm like, oh, it's not even working. Yeah. And then, you got, and then I look you at got my zero team, points, Corbin. And I look at my team and it all just says PPD postponed. And yeah. I'm like, yeah. wait a minute. Why do I? It's just muscle memory. You know, it's it's yeah. something I have to do every day. And uh, I look at it. And I don't know why. But yeah. like, again, um, one of my good buddies, he, you know, he bets sports. That's what he does for a living. And yeah. he makes a pretty good living at it. But he hasn't been doing anything the last couple months. Um, yeah. So he's excited about it. Yeah. Starting back up. Football said they're not going to change anything. Yeah. Uh, baseball, uh, I hear, might be starting up 4th of July opening yeah, opening day, which yeah. is, that's cool. You yeah. know, they, there's too many games anyway. Let's no, yeah, honest. yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's, let's go ahead. I'm, I'm happy about the new stadium, right? It's yeah. going to be air conditioned. No, it's going to yeah. actually go there and have a good time instead of just like melt, yeah. you know? But, yeah. uh, <laughs> I don't care about the Mavericks. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. You're I not... mean, whatever. Good for them. Yeah. I like Luca, right? Yeah, like, who oh, doesn't yeah. right now? Yeah. Um, he's hot in this sport right now. So, yeah. Let's roll with it. But um, other than that, like anything, to be honest, my, my wife loves the Warriors. She's from the Bay Area and uh, she always is watching it. She's calling her mom. Like yep. this year, I'm like, oh, where are the Warriors? You know, just yeah, yeah, joking. Yeah. They, hey, I, probably a good year for the Warriors to uh, be in quarantine, though, you think? Right, with all the injuries yeah, and everything. you know, That's give good. them a little break, you and, know. And if no one gets crowned this year, hey, yeah. there's and, a chance to be. And, you know, and to be honest with you, I might say the same thing for the Stars. Yeah, I mean, I... I mean, if you look at the last, what was it, six games? I, th- I don't think there was a win. Yeah, I don't think there was a win in the last six. I might be wrong, but yeah, it's not. They just need to have a tournament, like uh, a quick. Well, they're, but they're going to get. So one of the things I was looking at today is they're planning on jumping straight into the playoffs. Good, but it needs to be best of five, <laughs> the first first round or two, yeah, no, and then go best of seven. They, uh, It's going to be rough, especially for – I don't know if you follow. I follow a lot of NHL players on Instagram, yep. and and a lot of the European ones, they're not staying indoors. <laughs> like Kudobin's out right now around on a four wheeler hunting. You know, like well, Kudobin like, is also uh, he's his own man. You know, he is. He's he, also going to be a free agent. So so it, that oh so that's another thing. Not to cut you off, Corey. Yeah. I apologize. We have to resign that guy. Am I wrong? Uh yeah. I mean, unless they want to. They think Ottinger can make it. Um, there's going to be a lot of goalie roulette this year, though. God, I mean, uh, especially you got to think about this too. The expansion drafts coming up next year. With them, you're going to have to. You're only going to allow be allowed to save two. Yeah. So you you need to have somebody sign. You need to have a couple guys signed. You can't just have. You can only protect so many people, and and a lot of these teams are going to be signing extra guys just so they don't lose other players. Yeah. Well, the, the funny thing I was reading today was, I guess they're they're considered black aces, but the, mm-hmm. those AHL players that we were talking about, the taxi squad, the yeah, ten guys I coming mean, up in every playoffs, they're telling those guys they need to stay in shape. 
you know, I, which makes sense to me. But if you're, you know, if you're not doing those team, if you're not in with the team, that seems like a. There's game shape and there's practice shape. And if you've played at a high level, you know that. There's a big difference. Yeah, exactly. Um, especially with experience. And most of those guys that are the taxi squad are younger guys. So they don't have that much experience yet. Uh, game experience. So that's when this really comes into play with, you yeah. know, do you assign some extra vet? You know, yeah. like there's got to be all the European leagues that have called it. I'm pretty sure those guys are UFAs right now. Yeah. So, I mean, technically, if you want to, I'm sure you could. Yeah, that would open There's up. There's no rules right that now. W- yeah, that would open up a whole bag. You know, it's uh, that would open up a whole another Pandora's box of like, okay, right. now sign all the and, KHL guys. And there's some guys that are already saying, oh, well, you know, he already played through his contract time. Right. Like some of the some of the Europeans, like Panarin's come out and said he didn't know if he should come back yet. I mean, mm-hmm. he's living in New York, right? Like, yeah. So, I mean, how many of these guys are going to hold out? I mean, I think you'll start seeing it a little bit more uh, as this kind of continues. But yeah, like you're saying, a lot of these guys are over. They still they're not able to come back yet. They are over in Russia or they're over in Europe. And it's like I, I think what people are finally realizing is everything's connected. You know, we're in the United States. That is one thing. But the professional franchises, at least with hockey, there's a lot of players that come from Asia, Europe. I mean, uh, everything, all of the economy, everything works together. Um, So I really feel like this is one time in history where we can kind of look and like, oh, why don't we get what we want? Oh, it's because another country, you know, it's a it's a really, really kind of you realize how 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 connected we are and i feel like that's it's it's really important well yeah some of those guys are just immigration uh, though comes into effect too most of these guys are on h1 visas or b1s or how are if there's if if it had only allowed them to be in the states for a certain amount of time plus how is the travel from europe coming back over like there's travel bans is is there not so every all these are gonna yeah. come into play at some point yeah it's funny funny you say that so i was watching a documentary on youtube the other day about alex mogilney he was the defector he literally had to sneak out of i mean i don't know if it was russia i think it was yeah, considered what, something maybe else um yeah it at was the time uh, yes it was former yeah, yeah former it's former you, soviet yeah. union but he essentially i mean he was a stud immediately everybody knew he was going to be the guy and he had to he had to have essentially you know the uh i think it was the sabers still at the time but they had to have sabers officials nhl officials go and sneak him out like a, a cia operative uh, into the united states and when you kind of realize that there's some of these other you know, countries that you know you you, you think you're a, a prime athlete in that country that people would uh be treating you in such a way to where why you'd be crazy to leave J- just the fact that he did what he needed to do in order to and he goes on to explain it later to make the best life for himself and to not be under the oppression and the you know, th- these crazy things. And he turned out to be obviously an amazing, amazing player. Um, but it was just one of those things to where those, those changes that you make, I mean, he could have been at any point in this documentary, he could have been taken back to Russia where things would not have gone well. There's, there's a lot. If you look, uh, you have Amazon prime. Yeah. There's a, uh, the Russian five, it, they just launched it on there the other day. Yeah, I saw and that. that. That showed about how Fedorov defected yeah. in the team hotel for world juniors. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, same with, um, 
Konstantinov, and then they got Kozlov, right? Yeah, and Kozlov the, was like the guy, I guess. He yeah. was the... 15 per- years old, and they were like, this is going to be the best one. Then yeah. he got a car accident, right? Yeah. Not a lot of people know that. Yeah. But, uh, anyway, Oleg Tavardovsky. Do you know who that is? Yes. Drafted second overall after Jovanovsky. Um, the Ducks drafted him. He didn't sign... He didn't... His deal was, is if Russia let him go, he's supposed to send over a signing bonus as a thank you, right? Right. Um... Or, you know, a thank you. Yeah, to who? Who helped you, you know? <laughs> to the Russian mafia, yeah, right? right? KGB, yeah, 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 whatever you yeah, want to call yeah. it. They didn't. Yeah. He didn't. So you know what they did? They kidnapped his mom. They cut off her finger. Yeah. And they sent it over to him in the States. Guy was never the same player again. But it's, I mean, you hear, and the crazy part is you hear about this happening 20, 30 years ago. Like, it still happened. Oh, I mean, now you could just do a FaceTime. Oh, hey, we it, got your mom. Yeah, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah, or or whoever, or whatever it is, right? And then you're like, uh, okay. Yeah, but, I mean, if you, if you ever feel like you're being oppressed, I mean, that's that's the most oppressive. Imagine being the best at what you do and still not being able to come underneath that thumb. I mean, it's just yeah, crazy. Well, everybody has their hand out. Well, want I mean, something over there, right? It seems like if you got your stuff together, you don't have to do that, <laughs> at least with the athletes. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, but Mo Gilney, you know, was one of my favorite players, especially, uh, I don't know, were you a big NHL 94 guy? Did you ever oh, play yeah. 94? 94 yeah. is the... It's the best uh, year. One-timers. Oh, and, oh yeah. it was, uh, you know, as long as you knew how to score, you could just do the wraparound, you know, yeah. make it easy. Um, but, you know, Mo Gilney, because it had, uh, who was it? It was, uh, you had Pat LaFontaine and you had Mo Gilney on Howard one Chuck. line. Yeah. yeah and, and so, like, you know... Housley? Yeah, and if you ever played, if you ever played where you didn't do the line changes or whatever, sometimes you can just figure out that best team is just that first line. And I remember <laughs> just playing Buffalo all the time. I'm like, Mogilney 89 on the side with LaFontaine in the center. Um, but no, it, it always worked out really well. So uh, sorry to switch gears here, but I have to talk to you about this. So you're a gear guy, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, so you're a gear guy. One of the reasons I'm trying to have people on here is, you know, I've I've had a history in the rink industry and uh, hockey, all that. One of the things that I know quite a bit about, but certainly not as much as you, just is about gear. So, you know, I know that you worked for, for, for Barrow for a little bit. I also know that you're starting your own. Are you still doing the skate sharpening? I am. Uh, it's kind of come to a pause well yeah everything's whole, yeah uh, come to a little bit of a pause yeah, yeah. i was uh, gonna sh- start a, a mobile uh sharpening system like mm-hmm. called buzz and wheels where i drive around and meet people and sharpen their skates i mean everybody's super up. quick right yeah, yeah, uh yeah. but i also started another company called uh avert protection which is cut resistant material yeah. so I, I make socks and uh Shin sleeves, or I mean, uh, sorry, cut resistant sleeves, mm-hmm. and then uh, I have a shirt coming out that has a uh, cut resistant arms. Awesome, awesome. So, so yeah. what's that? What's that? Uh, is it made out of any specific fabric? Um, HPPE and um, a fiberglass. Mm-hmm. Um, it's totally safe. Bamboo is what I have on the socks. Oh, so it's like with yeah. high prop. Yeah, it's um, it's a level five cut resistant, which is what the NHL right. uh, has. That's their standard. Yeah. Um, but it kind of this COVID is really hurting well, that as well. well so yeah, yeah, yeah. there's an NHL trainer show every year in June, uh, mid June, and uh, they canceled that. Uh, yeah. So I had a booth set up. It was supposed to be my first year, and yeah. uh, but for Verbero, um, I developed a similar uh, sock. And it was one of the most popular in the NHL, the American League, and the ECHL. Well, so. I'm, I mean, for people that don't know, when you see a hockey player out there, he's, he's wearing a lot of equipment, but there are mass sections of that that are completely open, correct? Yeah, and, you know, those blades, they're not very sharp. Like, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. 
they're like butter knives to be honest but when you swing them oh or yeah when you're, when you're play, yeah when you're skating or anything uh, like it, it could happen and it, and you know it's going to go right through your jersey or your your player socks or whatever right. um the nhl has lost a few players the last few years to um you know ripped uh, tendons mm-hmm. in your wrist or eric carlson pat yeah. look at tyler sagan yeah they cut their achilles yeah. so this is something that um will save those guys i mean if anything it just seems like good insurance you know, that like, too. what is it? it, it they're already wearing stuff underneath. Man, anyway. with the NHL, they're trying to implement in the American League when these guys are really young. They yeah. come in, they wear shot blockers on their gloves. Yep. You'll see those square-looking things. Uh, they wear shot blockers on their skates, and they wear cut-resistant sleeves and socks. And if they get them in their, when they're young to do it, that means it's no big deal when they get up to the NHL. Mm-hmm. Um, the Sharks are really good about that. The Flames are really good about that. Uh, a lot of GMs implement it in. Then they're like, look, you got to do it. Sorry. You know, yep. make it to the NHL and you can decide what you want to do later. Yep. But um, you don't see many on the stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not, I mean, in all honesty, it doesn't seem like a huge detriment to these players to wear, you know, I understand. Well, you know, so, broke so, his hand. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, um, I mean, I imagine, Corby, I'm going to put you into a uh, fictional scenario here, but if I'm paying you, I don't know, $8 million for the next uh, eight years, I might want you to be healthy and not, uh, I don't know, no arteries cut, nothing like that. So, I mean, it seems like... uh, Right. Yeah, if you're going to wear some undergarments anyway, which, you know, I don't personally wear undergarments, but you you shouldn't really do off of what I do because none of it makes any sense. And I've just (laughs) been playing so long that I've just gained my own stubborn uh, way of doing things. But I could certainly understand uh, that being that being something really important going forward. Yeah, they're making it mandatory next year, so that's they're, why I was trying to jump in this yeah, year. For yeah. it. It's mandatory, and it's it's got to be done. Um, they lost uh, who was it? Someone on the Toronto Maple Leafs last year, yeah. uh, Russian guy. Yeah. So they lost him for the year. Yeah. So, but I mean, think about that as as an investment. I mean, you're still paying that guy. Yeah, and you're paying his medical now. Yeah. You're paying the trainer. You're paying the surgery. You're paying his IR. You're paying the guy that comes up and makes nine hundred grand in his spot. <laughs> like, so, you have to pay that guy more. So it's you know it all. Yeah. God. Well, so uh, switch gears again. One of the other reasons I wanted to have you on is this awesome camp. When is this? So first of all, Corby gets to go to this awesome Mario Lemieux fantasy camp once a year, which I've been, I've known Corby for almost two years and I'm the most jealous out of that. Probably can you tell us just a little bit about that? And then we'll kind of uh, get into that and then possibly how I can get a hold of Mario Lemieux and uh, get an invite. Uh, I don't know if you have, uh, you know, that type of pull, but the, it'd be nice. The camp's uh, $12,000. Uh, for I, I, And there's, uh, like well, a, but all right. So real quick though, you said $12,000, but I have right here. These are the people that have been here since, uh, or have gone to this camp since 2008. We have Paul Coffey, Chris Chelios, Joe Mullen, Bernie Nichols, Grant Fuhrer, Ty Domi, Curtis Joseph, Mark Recchi, Bill Guerin, Kevin Stevens, Gary Roberts, Larry Murphy, Theo Fleury, Rick Tockett, Alexei Kovalev is for some reason down this far on that, Pierre Turgeon, Sergey Gonchar, I mean... Uh, Joey Mullen. Yeah, like, <laughs> like this, uh, I, I don't know, this is, uh, that seems like a legit, legit outing. It is, uh, well, Mario, he's all about 
um, cancer research. And he's yeah, it a, is a fundraiser. He's a great human being. Uh, he's awesome. Because uh, he, he has his own battle. He has his own battle, Yes, yeah. and uh, his son. Uh, so he has, uh, I think it's Austin's Playrooms set up all over Pittsburgh. Yep. And um, in Pennsylvania, I, I'm pretty sure. I'm sorry if I misquote that, but uh, yeah, he, um, it all goes to can- towards cancer research. So there's, I think, a four year waiting list to get on this. Oh camp. yeah, no, that. So I and, did, I did a little bit of research, and right below all this information was waiting list. Yes, there's always a couple that open up for special yeah. events or whatever, but there's usually a waiting list for it. But anyway, so everyone comes in and they pay. Uh, they come in. They they brought they bring in trainers, so that's why I go. Um, one of my buddies uh, who sharpens skates for a living up there, he has a pro shop up there. He was doing it, and he's like, "Hey, we need to bring some like ex equipment managers in here to help out, just to see Too another perspective, right?" Yeah. yeah, there's so there's six teams, yeah. and, um, and Mario plays on all of them, right? Yes, he'll play one game on each one, and then there's Could- a playoffs, and then he'll play on both teams in the final. I so, can't, sorry, sorry, I, I couldn't imagine. If I if I got a pass from Mario Lemieux, I'd probably just skate in the corner. Most of and... these guys are like, <laughs> but a lot of them have been there for the whole time because yeah. it's such a good time. These guys are like, oh, oh I'm sure I'll find money for next oh. year, and you know, and they spend the money. Uh, there's raffles and all these things, and it, it's it 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 raises so much money for charity, and it's such a that's only one of the many things he does. Yeah. Uh, the Lemieux Foundation, and. Um, Anyway, my, my buddy Newman talked to me, and he was like... Shout out to Newman. Yeah. Newman's a good friend. <laughs> and he's like, hey, we should try it. We should do this. And I was like, all right. So I text Beanie, and um, who's the guy? Beanie Skate Sharpening. Yep. Pittsburgh, you ever hear? That's a perfect name. Yeah. No, that sounds right. <laughs> it sounds like somebody I'd take my uh, skates into, though. Exactly. He's really good. Yeah. Um, so he's like, uh, yeah, I need some equipment, guys. You, you guys want to do it? And I was like, yeah. He's like, all right, well, I'm full this year. But send me your resume and, you know, I'll, yeah. I'll get you in. And I'm like, all right, cool. I'll send him a resume. And he's like, hey, man, we made a spot for you. Uh, we'll get you guys up here. So we got Newman and I, we went up there. The first year, we paid our own way. They, they put us up in a hotel. We get there and we're passing out laundry to guys, passing out gear. Every guy gets his own uh, set of gear, like so much laundry. Like yeah. you got playing stuff, you got probably 10 different hoodies and polos and oh it's amazing but you know it's to the nines everyone gets everything um they all go out they have a practice they get their gear they don't touch their bag it's just like the nhl so us as trainers will go in we'll pack all their gear up make sure it's dry on to the next place we uh we play at pnc where the penguins play yeah uh we have a practice at their actual practice facility so they can feel what it's like um, the, the, literally the guys get fed, uh, just like NHL players, like they wake up in the morning, they go right to the rink, they practice, they come back, they play a game. I think we're in Mario's suite twice a week or twice during the week to watch the, I mean, the when Penguins you're, play, I and mean, then I just, I think when you're talking about greatness, greatness, there's only really, well, three, I put three people in that category. I'd put Mario Lemieux, Wayne Gretzky and Gordy out. Like I think that's the. I mean, I know Kinda that there Bobby will be Orr in there. Oh uh, yeah, we can. We can. Th- we can throw Bobby Orr yeah. in there. He just he created Ovi pretty soon. I think he create. Oh, Ovi will be. So he, here's the thing that a lot of people don't understand about Ovi and what he's doing right now. I'm gonna challenge everybody to go back and watch. Now Wayne Gretzky, probably one of the greatest players of all time, if not the greatest players of all time. Go look at some of the goals he scored. Just go and watch the highlights of the goals that he scored, and then uh, that probably... Now, granted, he uh, revolutionized the game, 
uh, by doing a curl, which nobody knew how to handle. They were just like, oh, shit, that guy did a curl. Like, what? Like, we were going this way. He's doing a curl now. Um, but, yeah, if you look at that three, I mean, to be honest with you, I think Gordy Howe is my number one uh, just with how he had to play and, and what – I mean, he just, you have that old story of him going and getting cut and then going into the trainer's room and saying, hey, boy, go ahead and keep that stuff out. I'm not talking like Gordy Howe here. Keep that stuff out. The guy that just did this, he's going to be in here in a minute. And I guess that turned out to be true. But when you talk about a Gordy Howe hat trick being a goal, assist, and a fight, that's everything I need in a player. You yeah. can do it all. I mean, a well-rounded play. Like, he wasn't afraid to fight. He wasn't afraid. He could do. He could do it all. I think... Uh, you know, rest in peace, Gordy Howe. But Gordy Howe still to me is number one for sure. Yeah, I, 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 I can see that. I agree. I, I think Mario's it's hard to, good. it's hard to argue. I think Mario's it. best. Well, but. so, so here's here's the thing. I'll put Mario and everybody always gets on to me about this. I put Mario above Wayne. Oh, I do too. If they play the same amount of time, oh, like, it'd be. Um, yeah. Do you hey? Do you remember that game when he came back after his cancer thing? Yeah. I think I want to say he had two goals, three. He had like five points. Five maybe? points. Yeah. Five points. First off, he's got a record that will never ever be broken, and it's it's uh, goal scored in every possible way in a game. He yeah. got uh, even strength, power play, shorthanded, penalty shot, game winner. And the, the other, the, the <laughs> that, other, that's fine. That that'll never the, ever the the, the shorthanded alone is hard. A penalty shot too, yeah. and then the game has to go into overtime to get the overtime game winner. Like, yeah, there's you know, like, uh, yeah, you're ready for every possible scenario. Whatsoever. If you get two or three of those, you better be begging your coach. Well, so, hey, put me out there. So <laughs> I think we should go ahead and kind of explain. But like when when you're on a penalty shot, you have almost too much time to think about what you're gonna do. But if you look at the hands that he had, I mean, those hands didn't exist back in that day. Well, he was tall too. When I first saw him, I was like. Man, he is yeah. he's six four, six five. Yeah. And and he plays with a short stick. Yeah. So when he's playing, he looks hunched over and you're like and then when he stands up, you're like, Oh man, like but, okay, that's what that explains the reach and but, and it just he I don't know if you've seen most of his goals, he'll deke out a goalie, walk all the way around him with a stick and just well, Put an I, empty net. I mean, he was kind of the first guy that I remember that was putting the puck between people's legs and between the sticks and back. For I mean, if if you look back at the the way that hockey was played, you know, kind of before that, it was very just linear. It was very straight. It was very, you know, you, I mean, you, you made passes east to west, but for the most part, it was kind of, you know, skating straight. He, he held on to the puck a, a little bit longer. He knew that he was capable of making those plays and stick handling through guys, and I don't think they were expecting it. But if you go back and look, man, he just absolutely just tore those defensemen up. It was just... He still does it to this day. Like, oh, I, I'm sure, and I, I was actually going to ask you about that because, man, I could not, could not imagine. This year... Uh... He was playing against uh, Caulfield, who used to play for the Penguins, and Caulfield was playing D on him, and he and he looked like he was going to fake him out, and then instead of moving the puck, he just stick lifted, so the puck went right between Caulfield's legs, and he's just he looks up, he's like, I'm done, I'm retired. Like, yeah. He just got off the ice, like <clears throat> he's just like I. He does this to me every time. But <laughs> but you got to imagine, and it's like I tell you know I coach hockey, you know I tell these you know I try and tell these parents and these kids. There's some people that just have a innate ability to be better than you at something, you know, but what happens is that person becomes better at what it is that they do. And then everybody else learns from that person. So it doesn't even have to be Mario Lemieux set up things for kids that don't even know who he is, you know, and I feel like that is kind of that, 
shame, 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 shame on, you know, that he was the, he was the guy I would, um, now I, I would like to say I, I take my game off of Peter Forsberg, but I'm certainly not as physical in men's league cause there's no checking. But you know, if I had to do a close second, uh, fuck Mario Lemieux for sure. What you just said about people learn from other people. Um, when the all-star game was here in Dallas, did you go? I didn't go. I wasn't okay. here yet. Okay. So it was Oh five, I think, or Oh six. No, it might've been Oh seven. Anyway, whatever. It was here in Dallas. Yep. And, um, Ryan Getzloff was at the Young Stars game, and he did. I've never seen this before until then, and then everyone started doing it. He's the first guy I've ever seen do a backhand toe drag. So he pulled it through, backhand, backhand it one way, and then toe dragged another way, passed it off to another guy, and it was just like nothing to him, yep. right? And nobody even saw the whole play. You're, yep. Everyone's just like, oh, yep. he, the guy missed the puck and didn't matter. But next game, then you got all these – european guys everyone's doing a backhand toe drag after that well like it, it's it, it only takes one you know yeah one guy is, or just somebody to see it but it's just yeah if it, you don't know what you're looking for you it, know what i'm saying you, your creativity and it, it's just it's a new move and there's times where i can see and i, I think you're like this too because we you know we've both been playing hockey for a long time but there's just certain moves you see and you're like okay i know if i spend enough time trying to do this that i could pull this up. like i just need to figure out but there's so many different variables that go into that which way is the puck spinning where does my stick need to be at what angle does it need to be you know and you have to go out and practice that time after time after time you know and a lot of men's league guys don't get that time to you know go through and and do those things but sometimes if you watch these guys that do you can kind of learn on your own like that that uh you know uh, backhand toe drag I tried it for the longest time. It was okay. Like I could kind of make it work. Then I kind of realized like, oh, it kind of has to be a little bit behind me and diagonally. Right. You know, there's just certain things that you're like, oh my God, like I was always capable of doing this. I just didn't know how. So there's something about, you, you can be, and I think this makes the game more exciting. You can be a good player and still learn. There yeah. are still things I'm learning. I learned that stupid, what is Fetchnikov? I learned that move. I can do that. Will I be able to pull it off in a game? No, like probably not. Did I spend, I don't know, 24 hours consistently trying to figure out how to do it? Yeah. But when you get to our age, you're not in it for the glory yeah, anymore. Quick low you're shot just, works. You're just trying to learn, you know? You're like, all right. Like, you know, it's just to say, like, all right, you kids, like, I can do this. Because um, the kids are all about it. But. Speaking on that, the kids, they're all shooting too high these days. Yeah, I i agree. Um, they're not in I'm still players. a fan of puck moves fast. You puck know? moves a lot fast. So, like, yeah, uh, it moves a lot faster than you do skating. Th- yeah, exactly. So move it. <laughs> but the kids, point. but the kids, and here's my biggest thing. When these kids are being paid for goals and assists. By their parents. Get, get out. Yeah. And, no, you can, and, and when you can, when you can't control that as a coach. It's just super frustrating because you see it come out in the gate. It's like, all right, this is a not how I was brought up. B, you shouldn't, you know, your what it is is it's competition between the parents is all it really comes down to. The parent A is trying to get their kid to be more than parent B, so I'm gonna pay. It, it's and you see that rate keep going up, and those kids will tell me I got them all huddled in. They're all focused and. Well, my mom's giving me $15 a goal. Well, how much is she, is she giving you for an assist? Nothing. All right, well. Maybe it t- should be more for assist. Yeah, now. like, yeah, maybe to be a playmaker where you could literally, 
Because the thing is, and you've been in hockey long enough, you understand this. If you if you give me a goal scorer, okay, I might have one spot for him, maybe two. I got you know a few lines. If I have a playmaker, I got plenty of spots for you. You know, yeah. And the, these kids these days, they don't understand the team way first. That, the, the team first. And yeah. and and uh, and I know that we've talked about this before, but when when something gets too big, and you can't what's the best way to put it when something gets too big and you can't just focus on team play it, it affects everyone because if any of these kids have dreams of uh, moving up north and and playing or playing you have to learn how to play with people those people uh, you know th- those organizations up north they are not looking for goal scorers they got plenty of them right They're... goals will come to those guys if if you're a good playmaker or if you're a good player in general it's gonna it's just gonna come to you it's it's not gonna well, you're not going to have to go and, oh, man, I got to get five goals this game. Or well, or you're not going to have to pad stats or any of that stuff. But They're going to find you. But I, I think one of the best things is just when – and here's how I like to kind of describe players. He either makes the rest of the team better or he doesn't. And I feel like that's what I, I base it on, you know. And I feel like right now there's just – there's too many kids being kind of fed this thing like, well, I'm the best on this team. Yeah, well, kid, there's 32 teams down here in Dallas-Fort Worth, you know. Uh but if you wanted to imagine, like, you know, playing, like, with everyone, you need to learn how to play the game the proper way, and it's not going to be going north-south, trying to stick handle through everybody. That's not happening. I was uh, working in minor hockey, and uh, there was a few few NHL guys that would come down every once in a while. Uh, we had Brendan Morrow uh, play for the Oak City Blazers one year during oh. the strike here. Um, oh, I remember that. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He came back. Yeah. And, uh we're playing and all these guys on our team, like, you know, these are some, these are pro hockey players and they're telling me during the intermission, this guy, Moro sucks. He's not even that good. And I'm sitting here like, he hasn't had one turnover. Yeah. If he's had an issue, he's gotten the puck up off the glass and out. Yeah. And he, and he's not, he's not turning, the, he's not walking it in to four guys. Yeah. Like he's making smart plays at all times. And they're like, Okay, whatever, right? And then I'm like, all right, fine, you know, I'm sorry, I'm just an idiot. Yeah, I guess. just, yeah, I don't so know. So then I go about. in the coach's office. I do this every intermission, right? And I'll just be like, hey, anything, you know. Okay. And Ray Edwards, our coach, he goes, oh, God, you see how good Moro is out there? <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, okay, uh, all right. <laughs> so it's it's not just me. All right, cool. And yeah. then uh, it's funny, um, Scott Gomez, uh, during the last strike year, we had Ryan Clo on our team. I was working in San Francisco, and Clo came to our team, Tori Mitchell came to our team. Um, they didn't play Mitchell played a little bit, but he didn't make a lot of road trips, but, um, Scott Gomez is from Alaska yeah, and he was playing for the aces and he's out there at practice, full practice with the team after practice. He's working on just chips off the wall, just soft chips, seeing where they go. Mm -hmm. He's working on moving to the corner and, and rimming pucks. And I'm like, man, that's what it takes to be an NHL guy. Like, It's not, he's not out there like, oh, I'm going to wreck this league. Cause they had Dubinsky, they had Nate Thompson, they had four NHL guys, Joey Crab, mm-hmm. they had four NHL guys on their roster during the strike year. And they were pumping guys. Like, yeah. But Dubinsky would, or Nate Thompson would go out and take every face off yeah. because that's what he does. That's what he does in the NHL today. And Gomez would just go out and work on little things like chips. Even though he's in the ECHL, the guy's making $9 million a year yep. and he's down there soft chips off the wall like that's what it takes and unfortunately if you're playing some of these guys playing at the echl level or whatever unfortunately at the time they they weren't 
taken advantage of seeing these pros. Mm -hmm. Like I'd get in the rink at seven o'clock in the morning. Tori Mitchell's with me, bringing me a coffee. Like, Hey man, he'd work out. Then he'd go down and stretch. By the time he's stretching, that's when all the guys are getting there. Yep. Eight o'clock. He's already had a full workout. Yep. Then they go on practice. Then he changes his clothes again, stretches more, goes back upstairs, does another workout, and leaves. All the other guys have been gone. Yep. I'm vacuuming. I'm waiting to throw his laundry in before I leave at three in the afternoon. This is an everyday thing for an NHL guy. And some of these guys understand that and get that, and some don't. But it's just really tough. Like, kids these days don't have well but don't you think or could you suspect that and and i i have a feeling you see some of these kids down here and they they if they don't learn that they are in a small pool you know it's kind of that whole thing big fish you know small pond type deal if that mentality gets brought onto them too early it's really hard to drop off so you, so I, you know, and I'm not trying to paint a or uh, with a broad brush here, but when those players start to move up, they're not the guy. You have to be a part of that team. You have to be hell, even if it's the be- even if you're the best guy at chipping pucks off the wall. You know what I mean? You'll find a team, or you'll find a, like understand your your God given. Hockey has so many different elements to it that it's very hard to be good at all of them. And the, the people that are good at all of them are the ones that are, you know, uh, up there, up the top ranks. But I would even argue that in the NHL, you have guys that are position players that have a certain skill that do that skill very well. They're picked for that skill. And I feel like that gets lost on kids these days. Learn your, learn your, you know, learn your, it's not about goals. Like sometimes it's not even about assists. Like you get defensemen now that are like, well, I have more points, this, that. I don't care about points. I don't care that you are, you know, not putting up goals and assists and this and that. Now, granted, defensemen are getting a little bit more offensive minded in the league. And I think that's a good thing. Every, every Carlson needs him a thought. Right. Right? Yeah. Let's be honest. Like you need a stay at home guy. To, to take up for the guy that's going to be the fourth forward. Right. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's kind of like that mentality of that method is I'm doing what is my position. That's what I need to do. I'm not worried about being Eric Carlson. I'm not worried about scoring, getting all these points. I mean, Eric Carlson, I mean, I know he hasn't been on, you know, the past couple of years have been a little bit off. But, I mean, if you were to tell me or ask me, like, who is your favorite player? I'd put him probably at number two or number three. You know, he's, I, I love him. Like, I think he's awesome. And, and he, and everyone craps on him because, of, oh, you know what? Look at all the points your... he's had. Like he creates offense and I know it's a little different on San Jose, but Ottawa didn't have a really good team there. Ottawa had nothing. And he was still he, doing so he, well. He like, had like 60 something points. I mean, it's kind of like the same thing of when you see, you know, Peyton Manning putting these, you know, Super Bowl teams together. You're like, what? It's like, yes, <laughs> it all starts from the quarterback position. Could right. you imagine getting a, and when you talk about like on the ice, like those, whatever you want to call them, those flex passes or whatever, like he can, he can move the puck. He can stretch it. Yeah. He can, I mean, everybody it's almost like they don't even have to back check as hard. They don't, I mean, they, they can be at the red hey, line moving. But we've seen Jordy Ben make one of those passes. Well, I don't know if you ever remember that, that no, saucy game no. to Jamie. That, that was the best pass. How did I've they give seen. you, how did they give a pass to one another? Oh my God. Playing, uh, is either Calgary or Ottawa. Um, 
Jordy Ben gets the puck. Jamie Ben goes for a breakaway. Jordy Ben sauces over four guys to Ben out of the box. <laughs> it was the best pass I think I've ever seen. Uh, uh, it, but I'm just saying, everyone can make that. Yeah. Back to what you were saying earlier, it's like some of these guys need to work on their craft. Well, some of these guys don't find a craft till later. Right. You know? Um, right. Like, if you look at, you know, there's guys that play bottom six in the NHL or in hockey in general. They used to be the leading scorers of the OHL or, yeah. the you know, or whatever league they were in. Yeah. Um, some guys have to find a niche. But to go back earlier, what you said about, you know, if you show these kids, you know, the kind of what where they're at in the pool. Like, uh, I was working in Odessa, Texas, the year that they uh, went from pro hockey to North American League. And our goalie was Connor Hellebuck. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> best goalie, unreal. So... Our team was, I hate, sorry about, sorry guys. Our team was awful. Like he kept our team like in it. Yeah, I could, we yeah. almost upset Amarillo, which was the they only lost like eight games. We almost upset him in the playoffs. Yeah, um, because of him. But our coaches gave out this all these all these kids. We were getting all these kids from Minnesota high school, and yep. they just thought that they were the best and oh. they didn't care they just wanted to go to the ushl they wanted to play one year in north america and then they go to the ushl and they thought they were just like the best hockey players and our coach said okay look here you go here are the stats if you play if you think you're gonna play div one college hockey there's only like 14 of you guys coming out of this and then if you from there you're gonna go play pro well there's only about 20 guys that make the nhl from like the echl then yeah. you go up from there and and it was there was a stat, and half the guys just caved. They're like, "Then what are we even doing this for?" Yeah. And Bucky, our goalie, was like, "Well, I'm going to be that one." And you know what he did? He he was. He did. He he went to the uh, UMass, and he was he set all the records. And then he then the next year he gets drafted. He goes off, plays for Winnipeg, and well, just signs a huge contract a couple years ago. But I mean, do you do you think some of this though? And I you know I. I kind of have picked up on this a little bit. There's certain people that have too much pride. I think that the, if, you know, if you can kind of understand that you don't need to keep that and that you are humble, humble hockey players make great hockey players. The yes. ones that are always striving. You know what I mean? The, the, the ones that think that they're whatever, very seldomly are. And I, it, it, you know, and it especially gets tricky, you know, down here. There are some really, really, really great hockey players down in the Dallas Fort Worth area. But you just see the you see some, and you're like, you could make it if you didn't have that attitude, or if you didn't, if you had a, a greater appreciation for what is, you know, th this kind of whole thing. And one of the things I appreciate about you, and one of the reasons I wanted to have you on, is because you've seen it, you know, you, uh, you've you, you've been around it. And I know we've talked about it before. And it's one of the reasons, like I said, I had you on. But man, it's just if these kids, it's just, and it's a quick lesson. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a, it's a quick of a quick of a lesson. I can remember when I was, I think it was 14 or 15. Uh, my father's side of the family's from Minnesota, you know, obviously had been up to the, uh, high school playoffs, you know, multiple times, but there was something about when I went up, when I thought, well, that was a really good player. And then all of a sudden I went up there, man, you could have taken the worst player off of the worst team, you know, and they <laughs> probably, you know, they would have been the best player on my team. And at that point, you know, and, and I still have my own pride for a bit, but at the end of the day, there's just something to do with, you know, and not to be whatever, Minnesota hockey, 
their Mike coach is in line with their squirt coach, who's in line with their peewee coach, who's in line with their Bantam coach. They're teaching them things. Everybody is communicating with one another to get those kids to the level that they need to be at to make it where they want to be when they're, you know, 16, whatever. But, you know, I feel like there's kind of a lack of, uh, not just down here uh, everywhere, but there's just kind of a lack of that uh, uh, solidarity as far as like what we're coaching them, when we're coaching them, uh, you know, all the, all those things. So it, it can make it kind of tricky for these kids, especially when they're like, well, I had uh, 30 goals in 10 games. Like, well, you're playing directly against kids that just started and maybe we need to take some, some baby steps here, you mm. know, and it's, uh, with, with as fast as this, this, uh, uh, sport is growing down here, it can still kind of hold its own little, you know, w- with people like us that have, and not to seem whatever, but people like us that have been around, it's like, I've seen 50, if not a hundred of you, like, you know, but if you would let me guide you and if you were humble enough just to, if you're humble, you go so much further. And that, that that's kind of the issue that I have down here, if I had to be honest. Well, yeah, what I see is hockey here is unique with, to, in the South here is because we have ice year round. Yep. So if you look up North, they're all playing soccer or baseball or doing something else because it's cold. And right. when it's hot, they want to be outside yep. here. It's hot all the time. Yep. So, uh, here I, I see a lot. Um, the kids are way more skilled, yep. like way more skilled, uh, with it's because they're all doing the private lessons with the, you know, the stick handling tools and all this stuff. Now, it looks good. Yeah. But they're not as skilled game wise so from what i've seen but you know and i'm not you're not wrong i'm not a scout or anything i'm just someone who's seen a lot and when i do see that i'm like man um well and here's and here's where it gets tricky for me you know as a coach you know growing up it was like oh scrimmage that's uh lazy and the kids like it and that's lazy if you do a controlled scrimmage like kids need to play the game that they're playing when they're playing and they're being judged on, you know, it's a, there's some coaches that they set up all these drills and then it's like, all right, now you're going to play your game, which is completely different than all the drills that we've just put out. Like for me personally, like I want them to be in game time situations. I want them to be the problem with a lot of these line drills. And you know what I mean by line drills where kids are standing in line or whatever. There's not that sense of urgency. When you get into a game and you get the puck and there's somebody three feet away from you, there's that urgency. And all of a sudden, you know, uh, oh, this is new to me. Like, why can, why can you not put them in that urgency every time? You know, because it's, t- to me, and, and I've always said this, the difference between an NHL player and an AHL player is how quickly they react to the play. And smart. I think sometimes you can take an a- AHL player, and Corby, you might disagree. They might have the same speed. They might have all the same same statistics as a bunch of the NHL players, but they just aren't used to the speed at which that puck moves and how things change on the ice. Yeah, well, so two things here. I agree with I, the game time situations. One of the best coaches, X and his nose wise, I ever worked with was Tony Curtelli mm-hmm. uh, with the Tornado first few years here. Um he would play one day a week. It was, we'd have, usually have Monday off from the weekend. And then Tuesday we'd play we'd, they do line drills. They'd skate for the first 30 minutes and they're skating hard. It was just, they call it bag skating. Oh yeah. Then yeah, after yeah. that, <laughs> yeah. then after that, after though, all the, all the work's put in, then he'd play a game. So there was one really good game that stuck out with me. It was called support ball. And it was, you, you played with like a, 
um, just uh, what was that sport? What was that? Like a racquetball? Or no, no, like no. A... What's the sport you play on the ice? Broom ball. Oh, yeah. So yeah, yeah. The, there'd be a broom ball over in the corner. So um, they'd play like hockey with broom ball. And all it was, you were allowed two steps. And all it was was you're supporting your team. So you'd always be open. Right. And it would teach all these kids That's game hockey. type. Exactly. That's hockey. But you're not with a stick and a puck, right? Right. But when your head's up, right, with a ball, you're not looking down. So you can always, you'll always see open guys. And he's been successful everywhere he's coached. Right? Um, but just little things like that, when you pick up on them and you're like, oh, man, this this guy was onto something then. But, but there's that, right? Like I agree with that. The other thing that you were just talking about, I think the the, the NHL is all about minutes. Yeah. I, and if you look at Vegas, they got a bunch of guys that they thought were going to finish last. And they're, yeah. you know, I'm tired of hearing that because mm-hmm. if you're in the NHL, you're a good player. Oh, yeah. You've been a leading scorer somewhere. Like Marchessault was was good. Like He, he was, was great in Florida. He was great in the ECHL, though. He yeah. was great everywhere he's been, all the way up. And in junior, he was a scorer. So if you, if it's it's kind of like, I hate saying like money ball here, but if you give these guys time and you put them in the, you give them the minutes, if you're a goal scorer, you're going to get goals, yep. right? Like, let's be honest. Like now some of these guys, they'll give you a chance. And if, I don't know if you remember the stars really early, but Madonna and Lettinen had a hundred line mates before Brett Hall came. Yeah. They had like Yarko Varvio, you know, all these young guys that when they'd get called up, they'd go on the Madonna yet and Lettinen line. And when Yuha Lend, like when they would come in, they'd have three or four games to see if they could do it. And if they couldn't shift in somewhere else. And who do you think was making that call? I don't know, maybe Bob Gainey. I don't. I mean, like, uh, like a good someone like that. Like, yeah. um, could you imagine not having that piece though? And all of a sudden, you got Brett Hole. Yeah, but they also had Pat Verbeek and Joe Newendike. Yeah, and like they had their worst player. It was is some team's best player sometimes. Yeah. So I mean, like Brian Scrudlin was a scratch some in some of those games, and you're like Dave Reed was good. Like, yeah, that team was, in my opinion, perfect. Um, but- don't you feel like sometimes that kind of happens though, whenever it's like you're, 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 you've spent a lot of time to make your team, you know, into this. I kind of feel like this is what's going on with the avalanche right now. They were bad for so long and then they just kind of kept getting, you know, draft pick draft. Now they have this young team, which I feel like that's where the NHL is going anyway. But they don't have any experience on it. I mean, I, like Landis was the youngest the old, captain ever. Yeah. And he's one of the oldest players on that team, but he's never, he's never experienced anything. Like yeah. but, their decor is kind of shaky too. I'm, I mean, I'm not, I, Ian Cole's decent, but. But do, but do you look at, I mean, so here's my thing. Yeah, McCarr, is, Gerard. Is, is I think that the game is changing so quickly or so fast that they could end up winning. You know, well, they have this kid, uh, Byram Bowen Byram, who is drafted, I think, third overall. He's supposed to be NHL ready next year, and he's going to be unbelievable, too. Yeah. So, but the problem they're going to have is what the Blackhawks have or had, and a lot of these other NHL teams, Lightning, like you can't get all these guys at the same time, right? Because right. three years into their entry level deals, they're all going to want, like, look at the Leafs Money. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Leafs are going to be. They're going to, yeah. Like every, like you're going to run out of money. You can't, you can't pay Matthews, Martin. Like there's too many guys. Yeah. They're top six or yeah. So, I mean, uh, think about it, you know, uh, McKinnon is 
a good teammate. Yeah. I mean, who's willing to take less well, money. Exactly. Which is very admirable, <laughs> but I don't know if Brandon's going to do that. I don't no, know. Yeah. I'm not trying to, I'm not yeah, singling yeah, out no, Europeans or yeah, anything, yeah. but a lot of these guys are like, okay, well, this is my time. Yeah. You know, I need, yeah. I came here for this. I need 7 mil a year. Yeah. yeah like yeah. I'm not, I'm not taking the hometown discount. I'll yeah. go play in Montreal. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, like, like, yeah, I, where I I'm don't. royalty. Yeah. Well, so, I feel like some of those, you know, correct me if you think I'm wrong, but man, I feel like a lot of those guys, they don't care as much about the old Stanley Cup. It's not about that anymore. Um, it, I've yeah. had a lot of conversation with a lot of people about that. Just, it's not just the joking. old it, It's not as cool. To, no. Especially Europeans. They'd rather play for their country for the Olympics yep. or the World Championships. Yep. Like, um, there was a story I heard a long time ago about Roman Chechmonic. Do you remember who that was? Yeah, yeah, uh, yes. Flyers goalie. Yes. Yeah. He was best goalie in the league. Yeah, and then playoffs. He was, huge, he was huge in the day. He was yeah. a big guy. Playoffs would come. Uh, I don't get paid anymore. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Screw this. <laughs> and, he, and he wasn't any good anymore yeah, after yeah, that. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's like, oh, I don't get a check? Okay. Yeah. Oh, no, you get bonuses if you win. Oh, bonuses. Yeah, but imagine yeah, ima- imagine Corby if I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to bring you into this fictional thing that you don't care about and have never had any history about, whatever. They're yeah. like, yeah, I, I like to win, but, you know. Yeah, chicks chicks in Czech Republic don't see the Stanley yeah, Cup, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> and, and I, I see the gold medal in the Olympics. That's cool, but. And I, I think that's where a lot of, um, you know, and not to get into the stars, but. I think that's where some of that that problem comes in. It's like, okay, like how much talent do you have, and then much how much drive to win do you have? You know, I think they have a lot. The only problem is the Sagan won it his second year, <laughs> so I mean the lottery, yeah, <laughs> the so, lottery. So Jamie Ben, you could tell he wants it. Yeah. I mean, I just but I think the, he's the, injured. The, the, he's kind of so. Here's the thing: is like I actually I really really like Jamie Ben. The game is not suited for him anymore. No, he would mean he's Shane Doan, like Milan Luch, like it happens. It happens every Matthew Kachuk, like yeah, like except now, like Kachuk's bearing. Uh, yeah. We need Jamie Ben to shoot yeah. pucks more, but you know that old ten second wind up. It doesn't work. It's not working the, anymore. The, the Everyone's kids, fast. The kids are too fast, especially the defensemen. They're not these big burly guys anymore. They're they're smart. They're stick checking defensemen. Yeah. They drive and push, and they push you in corners, or they they isolate you in areas yeah. and that's what their job is now if but, you if you're in locker rooms coaches are like okay we want to push them this way and isolate yeah. them so they have no play but back in the day it was just like push them the outside you know what i mean as long as they shoot from the outside like we're fine the guys are too good these days to just do that because they can cut to them there's there's way too many options for those high school players i mean when you're watching i mean when you're watching and you know granted i'm a little biased but mckinnon how do you stop that you know, how do you, he, 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 he can slow his entry. He can speed it up. He totally, those defensemen have, I mean, unless you want to step up on that. I mean, I think that's the new way to play. You gain the zone with a lot of speed and then you slow it up and you match the, the pace of the defensemen that are continuing to back up in their own goalie and you take a rocket shot. But I don't get how Leon Dreisaitl isn't talked about more than he is well because he plays on the same team as mcdavid but he's way better if he was on any he other has more points when mcdavid is out yeah than he yeah. does when which mcdavid's think, in which I think so that just shows you that it's about ice time and it's about yeah like he is he but, is better if they were they're different they bring different elements to the game but yeah. but I, I you know I, I would make this argument though like i would make the argument that you know or not against title, but I would make the argument that you have players that are great players, and you have great players that make other players great. And title is one of those to where, like, if I'm going to start a team, I want somebody on there that's going to make 
all like increase your value everywhere. Yeah, he's finding guys back door all the time. Uh, you can turn, <laughs> he but can yeah, shoot the puck if he it, wants. It, it, it's kind of like when they talk about like guys that can make other guys money. You know what I mean? Dry Saddle's a guy. He's gonna make other guys money. You're gonna score more goal. You're gonna get more points. You play anywhere around me. Um, and yeah, he, you can what, make a chip off the wall to this guy. You're gonna get thirty points. And is year. he is he Swiss? No, he's German. German? Yeah, that was something. But yeah, that's. I mean, you know, you think about the old German teams. I uh, we Marco crew? Sturm, like uh, was the it best Olaf Kolzig? Maybe yeah, yeah. Uh, Olaf Kolzig was a, a I German. Think Sturm's probably their best player. Christian Erhoff, maybe. I I can't think of many. Yeah. So uh, yeah, funny story. Marco Sturm actually lives in Florida. His uh, kids are involved in the uh, Panthers youth league which is usually how it goes you see all these nhl guys and they you see a lot during the all-star games like there's you know you see uh pavelski's kids out there burns kids out there like that's eh, i don't know that, that, that that's really cool to me all right hey thanks corby i really really appreciate you coming in for the first episode uh i mean mm-hmm. in all honesty like this is a lot of fun yeah like uh you're more than welcome to come on any other time that you want uh the the main reason for this podcast to even exist in the first place is just to bring like-minded, I don't even want to say hockey individuals, I want to say just rink individuals that have things in common, things to talk about, things to do, things to... And so when I was thinking about my first guest, I was like, man, Corby has a lot of information that I want to know about. So if I really, really had to like get this information, this might be the, uh, the best time to do it. So, and I know it can kind of be stressful sometimes to be like, Hey, we'll come on my podcast. And nah, be like, well, Anytime. yeah, but like you were super receptive to it and super open to it. And I just really appreciate you coming on. No problem. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, come back. We'll talk about, uh, the Texas hockey. <laughs> hey, yeah, no, yeah, we, yeah, we, we, we got a couple act, other things. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah, we had a whole bunch of stuff. But real quick before we go, is there any uh, any teammates or any teams that you're currently playing with? You want to shout out? Uh, I'm playing with a Brew Crew team. Yeah, uh, yeah. US, and yeah. then uh, I'm supposed to be playing with. Uh, <laughs> well, hey, the 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 invitation has been open to play with yeah. event staff for uh, yeah, I, I maybe gotcha. two I'm getting years there. now. And then uh, Motive, I've played with Motive for a long time. And then my my roller hockey boys, uh, Camel Toads, is what we're called now. Awesome. So it's not my name. <laughs> hey, no, it, yeah, you just have <laughs> but, to own it. But hey, it's good. Hey, so. well, hey, that's awesome, Corby. Hey, I really, really appreciate you coming on, especially for the first time. I didn't know what I was doing. You know, we're uh, just kind of making this up as we go along. But for everybody listening, I really hope that you enjoyed it and uh, hope you catch us next week.